Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Today, we're going to talk about radiology, imaging, and everything from a digital perspective. And I'm glad to have a friend of mine who's going to be our guest. And right before we get there, Sydney, have you ever had a need for radiology or imaging? I personally have not, but my dad has. So I know a little bit about it, but not much. All right. No, that's good. I'm glad you never have, and I hope you never do. I remember the first time I ever had an MRI. So I was running, and I tripped over a hanger. It was the weirdest thing. I still remember. It was like this hill in Little Italy in Cleveland, right next to a graveyard. And we were doing hill repeats, up and down, up and down. It was a brutal hill. And I hit this hanger, and I tripped myself, and I hurt my lower back. So one of my friends, of course, was a radiologist. And so I was naive. I knew what an MRI was, of course, but I never had experienced one. And I went in there, and I'm not claustrophobic or anything, but suddenly, because they asked me if I was claustrophobic and if I needed a medicine or something, I was like, no, I'm not claustrophobic, and I don't need any meds. So they stuck me in this machine, and it was, it was a few years ago, so it wasn't like an open MRI and maybe things that Bradley might talk about. And I was in there, it was a closed MRI, and I was because it was my lower back, I was all the way in that tube. And they did allow me to listen to music, but I think I picked ACDC Highway to Hell or something. <laughs> And that noise of the MRI, and I, I freaked out, man. They said, press this button if you freak out. And I was pressing the button, but they it was broken or something. And I was like, I could feel my heart rate like really high, but I made it. It was a long time in there, but I made it. And I've had a few MRIs since then, but since I kind of knew what it was like, I was, I'm fine today. And plus, a lot of uh, MRIs are open. But anyways, that was like my first direct experience with radiology. And like, it wasn't the best in, in the world. But anyways, it was kind of fun looking back on it today. But I want to introduce you all to Bradley Schmidt. He's a good friend of mine. He's the CEO of Inglewood Imaging, where they're modernizing commodity radiology with compassion, innovation, and technology. So it's really a cool story. So welcome, Bradley. Ed, how's it going, man? Excellent. It's good to see you. I think the last time was in Carlsbad, California. We got to hang out with a few other friends. And I remember just we're trading stories about life, about healthcare, and so our, our sort of commonality on a spiritual level and how we feel called to what we're doing. And, and I know we may talk a little bit about that as, as our time here progresses. But first, the first question everyone wants to know about Bradley is, what is your favorite music? You know what? I knew you were going to ask this question, and I realized I like too much music, so I can't just give you one band. <laughs> so I have to break it into like three categories. Um, so if I'm developing something or working on spreadsheets, I usually go for like trance or heavy metal. So Megadeth or, um, Chemical Brothers, something like that. Um, wow. Okay. With having a glass of wine with my wife, I love, um, this Portuguese guy called Marcio Ferraco. Um, you've probably not heard of him cause he's amazing. He's just kind of like, you want to hang out, have a can, have some, have some red wine and listen, candle on, put a candle on. And then if I'm driving the car, it's like fish or uh, Pearl Jam or something like that. That's cool. Tell me the name again of the Portuguese one. I'll have to look that up. Marcio? M-A-R-C-I-O. F-A-R-A-C-O. 
so my wife actually heard him in a park in um, San Francisco. And then he's he's from Brazil originally, Portuguese from Brazil, and now he lives in Paris. So he's like this little kind of guy. Like he's a very low, like not very popular singer, but he's bossa nova. He's amazing. He's he's great. Yeah, that's why I was asking. So bossa nova is like that's one of my favorite styles of music. Oh, it's, it's so it's yeah. He's the be- he's I don't know what it is about this guy, but I put him on and I'm like, ah, you kind of relax, and he's the best. You kind of. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up right when we're done here. So, what's your passion or life message or mantra, or words to live by, that sort of thing? Like, what guides you? It depends. I'm 47 now, so uh, when I was 30, when I was 25, I was wanting to be really courageous and do whatever I could. And when I was 30, I wanted to get married and start my own business. And uh, now that I'm 45 or 47. Um, I'm finding I really want to simplify things. I think that's how I'm trying to get my work to go is simplifying the work, simplifying our messaging, and simplifying how we're operating in a way that's sort of linked to uh, patients. So we're trying to, um, I worked for a company called CTI Molecular Imaging back in the early 2000s, which invented the PET scan machine. I was inspired by the PET scan uh, technology to really create an imaging center. And so we, I created Inglewood Imaging um, after looking at uh, the seven Western states, Washington, Oregon, Northern California, Arizona, Nevada. And uh, I realized the biggest gap in care was in the middle of LA, Medicaid. And it's been 13 years. We've been really trying to change healthcare since um, we opened in 2007. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. So tell, yeah, tell us a little bit about that journey. Uh, maybe go a little bit deeper and, you know, how you came to, you know, be the president, CEO of Inglewood Imaging and created this uh, a company. Yeah, well, I, I originally was, uh, I went to USC as a, so I graduated from USC and I wanted to get out of LA. So I got a job with Siemens Medical in New Jersey. Um, so I had no healthcare background at all. Um, kind of like you, he's great mall jobs and amazing jobs. Um, so I, you know, kind of worked at my dad's plastic bottle factory. Then I worked at Ardell's Pizza, and then I worked at Broadway, which is no longer here. It's kind of like Casey's. Graduated from USC, and then uh, I get this amazing job with Siemens uh, Healthcare. Um, and I'm like, my original plan was to go to Europe and travel and backpack around. And I'm like, you know, my, my Lutheran background was like. I need to get a job. I just can't goof around. So I ended up um, getting this job with Siemens. They, they hired eight of us, uh, relocated. We got to travel around the United States. Um, I was on the sales side and I ended up in getting a job transfer to San Francisco. And I lived in San Francisco from 1999 to 2007, got married. Uh, I was involved with Siemens on the full line sales. And then I got recruited with about colleagues to great company called CTI uh, and they instilled in our company a sense of passion for cancer patients and a sense of purpose for how we operate and uh, even the, the name of the company stood for um, compassion technology and innovation so if you hear me talk about compassion technology and innovation it's sort of not to how we're operating here in Inglewood which is a Medicaid population but it's also not um, CTI. Um, it's a really great experience. Well, that's pretty cool. So, Bradley, in the last couple of decades, there's been a 
tremendous change, a transformation within radiology in terms of the technology and capabilities. And so I'm curious, like what's happening today and where do you think we're headed? Because, you know, a lot of the audience here is uh, chief digital officers across health and life sciences. So I'll be really curious about what's happening in radiology today and where you think we're going. I mean, radiology, it's, it's the most amazing uh, healthcare specialty uh, in the United States. It, it can see images and see things that guide and dictate managed care and guide and dictate advanced care. Um, you know, my mom had, both my parents had cancer. Um, my dad had bladder cancer. My mom had uh, pancreatic cancer. Um, obviously, they're getting a lot of imaging tests. Um, imaging tests are really what helps them to find um, what is necessary in healthcare. Um, so I think the big changes in radiology that I'm seeing that are really impactful are um, artificial intelligence is really amazing. Uh, it's a new application. Um, there's a great company called VizAI, which is doing stroke assessment software, which you may or may not have heard about. Um, we use a great company called Transpara, um, Screenpoint Medical um, for breast imaging. There's several hundred platforms now for AI. It's really neat. On the specific hardware side, um, the one we really like is the modernization of the mammogram. Um, so we we actually hold a couple of trademarks just because the vendor uh, doesn't really understand how to apply their product to the consumer. So it's kind of good for us. Um, so we're able to offer a comfort compression mammogram, which is bringing patients um, 48% less compression than our old system. And if you think about the number one reason why patients skip um, their exams or have a late stage breast cancer detection. It's just because they didn't like their mammogram experience. It's very uncomfortable, it's very painful. Um, so the modernization of the patient interaction to the machinery is really good. Um, on the hardware side, obviously, there's just some amazing um, hardware imaging coming out, there's up to seven Tesla MRIs. There's um, targeted isotopes. So for prostate cancer, there's two um, new approved isotopes for prostate-specific um, cancers, which are pretty exciting. Um, and then in our area, you know, I serve the Medicaid population. Uh, generally speaking, there's not a lot of care coordination in the Medicaid space. So what we've been trying to do is a lot of work with interoperability and improving the ability for you know, some of our FQHC providers or our independent physicians to receive um, medical reports and uh, images in a similar fashion to Epic, but we're doing it for about, you know, for free or for you know, 90% less money. So where Epic would not be portable or sort uh, we could really deliver a similar Epic deal uh, to our physician providers uh, to help create like a virtual coordinated health market um, uh, regionally. Yeah, no, that's really cool. You know, my observation has been throughout my years and working with different health systems is that radiology tends to be more advanced than other divisions, departments of health systems. And, you know, with their interest in technology, their leverage of technology, their innovation, the speed of change, transformation, all those sort of things. And in fact, you know, I, I think back to a couple organizations that I've been part of where radiology, they were insistent that they did not want to be part of IT, right? They, they had traditionally had their own technology their own people. And so IT was catching up to them over the many, many years. And so they were not wanting to give up, you know, control of their uh, capabilities over to IT. And I remember it being sort of a struggle in some organizations. And one organization, again, we I don't like to name names, 
but one it's still today is uh separate from from IT and, and and part of it again goes to the fact that they tend to be a little bit more entrepreneurial more advanced than other divisions uh in departments why why do you think that is any speculation well one do you agree with my assessment and two any ideas about why you think radiology and specifically it, it tends to be more advanced than like let's just say uh I'm going to get in trouble for this but let's just say maybe ortho or lab um i mean did I say radiology is the best? I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is kind of the best. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I love radiology. It's the best. It's great. Uh, but again, radiology is the backbone for the healthcare system. So again, if you're trying, I think uh, if you're doing surgery, you need a great MRI image uh, on a patient. If you're doing cancer work, you need a great scan MRI. There's these certain things that does. I think financially on the health system side. Um, it's a high revenue um, procedure. So financially, I think that's a big application. Why radiology is so powerful inside the hospital systems. Um, and I, I think um, it, it's just, and I think it's just, uh, and I actually, you've heard it said on the, on the federal level, it's, it's complied, the compliance around radiology. So like you have to, if you want to really receive your PETA score, which is a quality measure, um, you have to really make sure certain radiology tests are performed every two years. Um, so there's a lot of components that go into it. And and also it's just, it's it's hard. I mean, I've always had a major budget, so I'm always, but I wish I had more money, to be perfectly honest. As a bootstrap entrepreneur, I'm always sort of like, man, I wish I had you now $4 million to buy that MRI. But it's like you go to these trade shows and it's like this euphoric kind of drunk love and you walk around and it's just so captivating and interesting uh, what they're able to perform and pull out and um, it's just dynamic it's changing like you're saying every day it's something new is happening it's it's as a as all these sort of business strategies around radiology um, your professional group roll-up strategies you know Ares capital funded radiology partners you have walmart health uh, going the exact opposite direction um, low cost let's go low cost um, you have health systems uh, raising billions of dollars to scale up uh, ambulatory network because the health plans don't want to pay these high prices. So it's just like this uh, amazing dynamic um, business that I'm really fortunate to be a part of. Yeah, that that does explain a lot. And for those who would disagree with me, I'll just cite AI because you mentioned AI earlier. You know, all the early AI success and still today. Uh, the majority of it is around radiology lab as well. Pathology is coming around, of course, because the, they're using more imaging as well in the, in in what they're doing. So it's just really interesting. But I I think your your reasoning is is accurate. Uh, so yeah, that's that. It was good to hear that from someone who's actually leading in that space. Let's talk about LA County now. So you're sort of in a unique situation, and I looked at your business model and your and the map and. And so as an independent organization in a very, very large metroplex, very complex healthcare, and you've got big competing healthcare organizations in your area, but you've managed to find this niche, uh, you know, working successfully with Medicaid population and, you know, use leveraging low cost expansion strategies and things like that. Can you, can you share a bit about that? You know, how, how, how you work your strategy and how you work with these other health systems. I appreciate that question. Um, to be perfectly honest, we're 
in LA, if you want to be used, you have to be really, really good. Well, actually, you have to be really, really cheap. Um, that's criteria number one. Um, if you want to be, you know, like the number one player, you got to be super cheap. Um, but it's kind of like um, the way I always describe it to people. It's like if you want to eat lunch, do you want to have like an AM, PM hot dog and a Coke and chips every day for lunch? Or do you want to actually have you know, like a whole foods salad bar salad? Um, you have to be considerate of the quality they're producing and what we do, I think better than anyone, probably in the United States, I'm not just saying that. I think, I think what we've learned at our place in Inglewood, some of the hardest and lowest paying parts in the United States, we sort of learned this technology balance that needs to exist to provide a level of care that's equivalent to, you know, Cleveland Clinic or UCLA Healthcare or Cedars. Um, so for example, we are doing advanced isotope prostate cancer PET scans, which are very expensive, to be honest, here in Inglewood, um, and we were one of the first ones to do it in California, um, were, um, you know, we're interoperable, and we sort of developed that as part of our business strategy. Um, we also try to, again, encourage a sense of compassion across the board. So just yesterday, for example, we had uh, several hundred people at our business for our quote-unquote burgers, beets, and breast cancer awareness event, which was a great event. And we were so thankful because we had, the, the audience was every, like LA. Um, so we had amazing hip hop uh, playing in the background. Um, we had the AKA Alpha Kappa Alpha, it's this remarkable sorority. Um, and they're doing a ton of national advocacy on African-American disparity topics, um, at, which we also are leading on here in California. and. Um, we had an artist that had a friend who was, uh, had a personal history of breast cancer. She was inspired to paint this remarkable painting. American Cancer Society was here, gave a speech um, on a program related to Crucial Catch, uh, which is related to um, the impact COVID had for um, cancer screenings. So apparently cancer screenings were off 90%. Um, the other thing in LA, which is really interesting, is that and it's really, I think, a determinant of health disparity is the impact income has on healthcare. Um, so a lot of our patients in LA, and to be perfectly honest, New York, where I saw when you're in New York, um, Chicago, Atlanta, these, these metropolitan cities that have lower income uh, areas. Um, what people fail to realize in the health system market is that um, these patients have an income of $1,500 or less per month. And that's supposed to have enough money for food, housing, obviously housing phones, but there's a low income number. So when you're asking your patient to drive, you know, even five miles in LA, that could be an hour. Um, that's a really, um, you know, challenging determinant of health. And that's sort of why I think it's important for our company as a leader here to invest um, into the market. So last year we did a $2 million investment, modernization of mammograms and MRIs x-rays, DEXA, and the idea was if we can improve patient interaction experience with our facility, we can really impact survival and outcomes on these patients because if we can do it in a nice, kind, compassionate way, we more have to come back um, for um, further studies as we, um, you know, we come in biannually for their um, their checkups. Um, so like mammograms, for example, I think if a compassionate mammogram experience, um, we can really impact the number one reason why patients do not get mammograms, which is pain, exam pain and exam experience. So um, I think there's, a, there's an idea that we're doing it. I think it's the right strategy that's just taken 
I think that's sort of what sets us apart as a company in the United States, really. Um, and quite frankly, Inglewood is a city itself is interesting in that when I set the company up, it was just an opportunity zone because no one was really here. Um, and now there's $14 billion that's gone into the city. So the, the Rolling Stones, just here, Nick was in Inglewood two days ago with uh, the boys, you know, playing uh, yeah. Jack Flash. So it's really amazing what's happening. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. It would have been great for them to be at your 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 street your know, street event that you were just going. <laughs> it would have been great. Yeah, he's like uh, seventy nine years old and still uh, quite act- active on stage. What I understand is cool. Hey, I know that faith is important to you, and you take your a mission oriented approach to your to your business. Can you speak about this a little bit? How do you mix your your faith and beliefs, and, and how you run your business? No, I appreciate that question. I mean, it's not over. Like we're kind of you know, like a Christian organization. Um, but, you know, me personally, I, I have uh, a lot of empathy and compassion. I think just generally, I've been raised in that way. I sort of went, went to amazing school. I had this sort of mental perspective that faith is important. And I think what it does, um, and, and actually, coincidentally, right now, I'm sort of joining you. Uh, on the Catholic side, so I'm in the middle of a um, RCIA uh, Catholic um, class. I'm actually uh, joining the Catholic Church. Uh, it takes a year; they don't just let you in. Um, it takes a while. But it's been amazing. <laughs> and if you, the one thing about really the reason why I'm switching Catholic is I just love that they have this ability to say no to things, which I think in a way adds a lot of structure and um, creativity. So if you have or boundaries, you have this creativity you can bring. But also there's a sense of compassion. So if you're thinking about, um, you know, say, for, actually, I got this like, RCA class uh, on Sunday. It was like, say, say, uh, say Jesus is elected president, you know, like who, who's, who's, who's at the, you know, who's at the inauguration. And, um, you know, if you think right now, it'd be like all these powerful people would be at the inauguration. Um You know, Nancy Pelosi would be there and these billionaires would be there and maybe Beyonce would be there. But, you know, if it was Jesus at, at the inauguration, um, who would he have there? And it would be like all these like poor, marginalized, these are the people that are there. And I think in healthcare, I think one of the biggest pieces that's missing in healthcare is this sort of idea that who, who is your patient? Who are you trying to serve? Are you trying to impress your board members? Are you trying to impress the, the Beverly Hills billionaire with this sort of level of um, technology that they don't even understand? So it's not really valuable. Um, so I think there's a sense of compassion and innovation and access that needs to be performed by these organizations because, you know, every life matters in the United States and everybody has insurance for this part if you want to the United States. And it's a way to do it that's meaningful and insightful and kind. And I think that does go back to sort of, a, doesn't, not overtly a perspective, but it's basically a sense of, I think, an element of um, care that I think is really installed in, in the Catholic faith, in particular, all these faiths. Um, I think it's a really important part of this. Now, if you look at the originating organizations in the United States, um, they're Catholic or they're, they're Mormon or they're, you know, you name it, uh, Presbyterian. Um, and that was its charge, you know, hundreds of years ago to kind of develop these things. And it's just amazing kind of, you know, to think about what they created and what they developed how it's evolved in, in the United States is for the world that matter. It's just amazing. And that's so we're just trying to do a little bit here. 
Yeah, no, it's great. You're, you're doing great, great service to a, a very important part of our population. And so uh, that's fabulous. The uh, maybe tell us one of the coolest things, you know, certainly in, in, in the years at Inglewood, you know, you've done a lot of great things for patient care, patients, communities, populations. What's maybe one thing that that comes to your top of your mind? Like, wow, you know, this was amazing. Gosh, um, to be perfectly honest, I think it's, I have to think of what's the newest thing. So that's, I, I mean, I always am trying to, as an entrepreneur, I'm always trying to create things that are meaningful. Um, so the latest one is, is probably just uh, women coming out of our mammogram room and being like, oh my God, that was, not that bad you know what I, mean? so, I won't say it was awesome but they're like that wasn't bad it was not that bad so uh so then coming out of there telling the friend uh, we actually had a couple of really cool um experiences like uh, there's this amazing actress she's very generous breast cancer survivor vanessa bell calloway she has like five hundred thousand followers on instagram she she could go anywhere um she's like you know i'm looking at her on instagram and she's like yachting with magic johnson and Johnson and LL Cool J and Samuel Jackson in Italy, like, and then two weeks later she's at our place, mammogram. She puts on her her uh, mam her Instagram page. Like, oh my god, I had the best mammogram experience. I think of what imaging you want to go here is the best and this and that. And I'm like, oh my god, thank you so much. And then uh, on the flip side, we had this patient show up, um, and I, you know, I work reception sometimes because I like to see kind of how things are operating. And uh, this woman comes in, and I'm kind of leaning over looking at some paper or something woman shows up with like patent red chanel just blinged out purse and uh and i told my wife i'm like hey this this woman came in you know and and i, I think her purse was like seven thousand dollars you know you no know, try seventy thousand dollars it was like a seventy thousand dollars i'm like hey you coming in for like an mri or what you know oh no no i heard about your mammogram my friend in beverly hills had one she said i gotta come get it at your place so it's kind of i'm really fired up on this thing. i think I think if you understand women's health, you understand healthcare. Women make all the decisions in the family. So, um, so if it yeah. has a good healthcare experience, um, then you have a really good chance at, you know, anything really possible. Yeah, it, it really is true. You know, if you think about this kind of summarizing from a patient experience, from an innovation, digital transformation point of view, that whole story around that MRI capability where, yeah, women would not go to get their annual a breast exam because it was such a terrible experience but you all and you know in radiology developed a new mechanism that you know i don't know the percentages and stuff bradley but that made it much more comfortable and that way people are more likely to take self-care uh, and have a better experience uh, to the point that people who could go anywhere they could have gone to cedars or wherever you know uh, they come to you uh, because you give them this experience. So that's that's pretty cool. That, that's a really good example for all of us to think about all the other services that we have. How can we, you know, leverage technology? How can we leverage culture, empathy, and those sort of things to make for a better experience? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I think on the, the other one that's really interesting to think about, I'm sort of more passionate about is the idea of lowering costs. I mean, I think people fail to think about the impact of medical bills on their, their clients. Um, so we're doing MRIs for, you know, 350 bucks or 400 bucks. Um, the same MRI up the road could be $3,000. Um, you know, honestly, I'd love to get $3,000 for an MRI, but 
Um, you know, Anthem, they love three hundred dollar MRI. United Healthcare, they love three hundred dollar MRI. <laughs> Optum Healthcare, they love three hundred dollar MRI. So it's like, yeah, so it's kind of a right yeah. Key. And then, and then we had a patient that came in. Um, it was a Saturday exam. She had Anthem insurance. She's like, and she lived like thirty miles from our place. And I'm like, hey, how'd you find us? She's like, oh, I was supposed to be going to the hospital. Uh, Anthem called me and said it was way too expensive. You're going to Inglewood Imaging Center for your MRI. Um, and then she's like, she came in on a Saturday because um, she worked and she almost cried because she said, hey, like I came in and it was, I have to work and I didn't have to take time off. And just being your pricing was $1,000 less expensive than the hospital. It was this amazing experience. And so um, we're really thankful to support LA in that way. And, um, I'm hope you know. I, I'm thinking like Walmart is thinking that way. You know, they they could really these tech enable these tech companies come and that's like healthcare and education are the last two areas that kind of get disrupted by technology. So maybe it's yeah, no, Bradley. That's an excellent way to end our time together. Uh, that's a, a message that we talk about a lot here on Digital Voices across the, all the spectrum of the industry, but especially the provider side is like. You know what? The traditional provider model is not going to last long, you know, for all the reasons you mentioned, the experience, the pricing, the, the digital transformation and, and other disruptors are coming in. Uh, it's not too late, but can certainly learn a lot from individuals and organizations like uh, Bradley and Inglewood uh, Imaging. So thank you so much, Bradley, for being our guest. This has been a fascinating uh, discussion on all things radiology, life and faith. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're the best. You are the best. <laughs> uh, DJ Sydney, she's the best. All right, with that, we'll end. Thank you. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff. And we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health IT. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.